Today's episode is brought to you by Proven Recruiting. As an agency, Proven has helped thousands of technology professionals find new opportunities at exciting companies across the United States. They focus on the quality over quantity approach in terms of building lasting relationships with both their candidates and clients. Today's episode is also brought to you by Golden Squirrel. Ensure the salary and benefits you're looking for in your next role match it before your next interview. Create a free profile today at goldensquirrel.io to get access to members-only employer data as well as unlock the opportunity for companies to apply to you. On today's episode, Kelly and I chat with Hudson Iram, VP of Global Cloud Operations at MyTech Systems. We discuss his career in software and his journey being a lifelong learner. You'll be able to hear his leadership style and integrity shine through and how he leads his team and even in how he talks about his team members. This episode for me ended up being a great lesson in how to lead a large team doing big things in tech. Welcome to another episode of Chasing Squirrels. On today's episode, we have Hudson Iram, and he is the VP of Global Cloud Operations at MyTech Systems. Welcome to today's episode, Hudson. Thank you. Thank and you for also, Yeah, no problem. Also, we have uh, Kelly Feast, who is co-hosting again this evening. Thank you, Redemy. <laughs> So Hudson, from a high level, uh, can you kind of give the um, audience a little insight into what it is that MyTech Systems does from a high level? I know you guys have your hands in a lot of different uh, things, but from a high level, what it is you guys do? Yes. So um, MyTech from very high level has two lines of business. One is uh, one that has been around for a long time. It's called um, Mobile Deposit. So if you use any of the uh, banking applications that you use to deposit checks virtually through a, taking a picture of, of it and depositing it in your bank, bank account, 99.9% chance you are using our technology and you never know it. Uh, so that's one side of our business that, that has been around for a long time. Um, and the second line of business is our identity document verification. Uh, now that's a more fairly newer side of the business, we focus on um, um, verifying identity documents that comes from our customers and our customers could be anyone from a financial institute or um, 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 a shared economy or any type of customer who needs to know their customer. So um, a, a use case of that is where um, someone is trying to apply for a loan or open a bank account or um, even um, start working for, for example, one of the shared economy companies or um, or in some shape or form, they have to verify themselves into a system in order to use it. We verify the identity document that that end user has sent to our customer. Uh, we use... Um, series of um, uh, machine learning techniques and AI-driven systems in order to verify the identity uh, the identity document and return that results back to our customer for further making decision in the pipeline uh, for whether fraud prevention or onboarding someone or um, approving someone for a financial service or any other service. That's awesome. So I'm going to dive a little bit more into some of that stuff in a little bit. Um, I'm curious, can you kind of take us through a little bit of your uh, career in tech and how you got started? I'm yes. sure it wasn't uh, in the cloud since that probably is uh, a more newer endeavor. <laughs> uh, that, that's true. 
you know, I started my career as a web application developer and a system engineer. You know, through the years, I continued in both paths. I was hybrid going back, back and forth between them. But most mostly I focused on the network and infrastructure and system side. Um, the day I decided to come out of the world of the software development was where I was uh, deep into the world of the, you know, object-oriented programming. And that was a thing that um, was a top of the line for everyone. And I decided that's not what I want to do. I want to move, you know, focus more on systems and networks. And that was more fascinating to me than software development. Um, so I uh, continue focusing on uh, infrastructure and systems. However, the background that I had in the world of the software development always helped me connecting the world of technology operations and networks and system engineering to the world of the software and product development. Uh, through the years, as the virtualizations um, grew, you know, uh, in the earliest stages of the world of the virtualization, like the VMware GSX, and I don't know if you even heard that name <laughs> at this point, um, um, you know, I had more interest into it and it was a fascinating world uh, to me. And I eventually more, you know, that evolved into the world of the cloud systems and providing service to others. And today my expertise are around larger scale SaaS operations or product development. That's, that's where I landed you know, in a nutshell of what is my background. Um, I always enjoy the technical challenges around it, especially when it comes at a scale. It's, it, it makes things um, very complicated, but it's still you go back to the basics of computing. You know, it, it still comes down to the world of the processors, memories, and IOPS and disk and network. Were you, uh, I'm assuming you were dealing with more hardware versus, you know, as it slowly evolved into the cloud. So were you kind of uh, like bummed to see it all move to the cloud because you were just getting to know all the hardware really well? Or like, how did that work in your career going from, mm -hmm like server racks to AWS and, and solving those problems? Um, to be honest, that actually, um, I, I was not actually unhappy about it. And the reason was that um, maintaining a data center is a fairly... Um, a nightmare? <laughs> not a nightmare, but it is more of a... Uh, it's a brutal task to maintain a data center, securing it, um, maintaining, make sure your hardware runs. And I've done that in my career. You know, in, um, I've done that whether for the customers that we work for or the companies that I work for, um, I've done that. And moving that to the cloud, that hardware going to the cloud, and now you just request a server and you get it, or you, you request a load balancer and you get it, or a database, um, didn't bother me much because it, remove that overhead of, you know, I knew how to build a database server and make it performant, but I just didn't have to buy all the hardware anymore. So that was great for me. Now, where some of my friends uh, sad about it? Yes. Um, however, that hardware experience helped me a lot when it came to the world of custom hardware when you are doing um, artificial intelligence or machine learning. You know, uh, um, at a time I worked at a startup that where uh, just the world of the cloud-based machine learning just started 
you know, sprouting out of the ground and coming out and the GPUs or the hardware you wanted to use wasn't available with them. They were um, cutting edge hardware at the time. And the knowledge that I had in the world of hardware, understanding the how to put the motherboard together, the CPU, the, the you know, how to proportion memory versus the number of GPUs you have, PCI lanes and all of that, helped me build custom GPU machines that help my organization at the time excel in developing their AI technology. And I enjoy doing that because understanding that was very fundamental. Today, uh, the same experience in the world of the cloud for me actually helped me a lot, whether you use uh, you know, Amazon Web Services or um, uh, Google Cloud or Azure. Underlying it, we are still dealing with servers and understanding how virtualization layer impacts resource management on a piece of hardware helps a lot understanding, well, how can I run my workload on these machines, whether it's containerized or serverless, it doesn't matter. You are still dealing with that fundamental of the processing and you know input, output, network, memory. You are still we are still dealing with that. So uh, I wasn't sad about it. I was actually happy about it because that overhead of uh, a routine things that like a normal thing that we did went away. Uh, but now the challenge that existed was in the world of innovation, where you need access to more. Um, cutting edge hardware and it's not available on a cloud platform. And what would you do? You go build your hardware. So um, that is still was handy because I ended up maintaining a small data center for that. But as things became available on a cloud through years and they evolved and those things became uh, commercialized, uh, your challenges move into the next thing. Uh, that uh, for special, especially in the world of um, artificial intelligence development, this is an, uh, while it sounds very simple, it is actually not. It's a, it's a world of hardware performance and systems complications. What are some of the things that before you started working at MyTech, uh, what are some of the problems that they faced when they came to you and said, hey, here are the things we're struggling with? What were some of those problems that you knew were really hard that attracted you to MyTech? Uh, so my take for me was, uh, you know, going, uh, thinking about to become a cloud company. You know, when I came to my take, the idea was we want to become a cloud company. We want to provide our offering through SaaS. And that was the, one of the most interesting challenges for me. I love the world of the cloud. I love the larger scale systems. And I love transforming an organization of thinking of, hey, I built this check deposit software for 20 odd years, and now I'm gonna go to the world of the cloud and do identity verification. And that was an interesting challenge, you know, going through the organizational transformation uh, from the cultural, from the mindset shift, from thinking about on-prem going to the cloud, um, bringing the DevOps and then further advancing machine learning, um, you know, further um, how to use data and so forth, that maturity that an organization goes through, all of those were the interesting challenges that attracted me to MyTech. The vision was, that was behind it, and I really enjoyed working with that vision. Through some of those... Um through some of those challenges, it sounds like some of those were people problems to solve also, because you have to get the right team 
um, get get everybody behind the vision of how to solve those problems. What are some learnings you had that were non-technology related as you were going through that process? So um, my challenge at MyTech was building a team. So when I came to MyTech, there was no cloud operation team. I was the member number one, and my job was to build a team. You know, <laughs> uh, that does sound like a challenge. <laughs> yes, it does. So um, my my people problem mostly was well, I need to build a team, uh, and then the second part of it was well, how can I partner with uh, engineering and research organization into bring in a new practice. So there were a lot of collaboration. There's a lot of uh, um, changing the way we look at the problems, especially the technical challenges that we had in front of us, uh, uh, you know, understanding the business requirement of it and business requirement in this case, product development from product translated. What does it mean in the world of the cloud? How do I bring it to the world of the cloud? It's, it's all... Um, the um, uh, the challenges that come to uh, you know walk through it. How do I get into the world of the continuous deployment? How do I get into the world of um, you know uh, continuous integration and so forth? And what are the engineering practices that I need to adopt in software development? All of these evolution of the practices, culture, organization, technology, they all go hand in hand. Um, but my first challenge was building a team and start building the practice at the top of that. Um, I spent about, uh, you know, years building the team. The team started from me being the member number one and um, hiring the second um, second team member out of Europe. Um, and then from there, just building and building the team up to today that um, is a larger organization. Having having a having a plan, having the courage to do that, um, having the grit to continue doing it and getting to your goal is the key. There's a lot of information out there. Find what you like. Some, uh, you know, if you look at it from the day DevOps became a thing, today DevOps has branched into multiple areas from the world of the machine learning. Now today we call them ML ops and um, a, or AI ops, or you know, to world of site reliability engineering, to the world of the um, engineering DevOps, and so forth. It just doesn't end. But uh, find out where is the focus you want to go to, and that focus will help you find something that you're interested in. World of the data ops, even it's it's all of it. Find your focus. Take advantage of what is available in the market today. What is available for free for you to develop your own career. You may need to do that on your own time sometimes because that's your interest. But don't be afraid to do this. Have the courage to do this. Listen, I feel like this is the advice you must give to your team because I know you have some senior people that are up and running and then you do really, I've seen you repeatedly hire for aptitude, you know, strong foundation, kind of that curious mindset. So it's exciting to hear that, you know, this isn't just haphazard advice. I think it's something you then instill on your team and, and give them, I was going to say freedom, controlled freedom um, within your environment to, to explore those same things. Um, one thing I would love for you to give people a better sense on just, just understanding my text environment can you describe, you started to use some of the words a minute ago, cloud ops, 
DevOps, AppOps, and Data Ops. And the reason I'm asking Hudson in particular is because he actually has his team divided by these skill sets, which is a challenging experience as a recruiter, but it's very exciting for candidates. I have an opinion why, but can you give just a quick overview of how those three or four functions sit in your team and maybe how they differ, or like what it looks like, I guess? Yes. So, um, you know, first, I want to go back to address your your first part that you talked about that, you know, hiring a strong um, and providing what you call it control freedom. Um, I would I would call that actually um, more of an employee will not have or a team member will not have an interest to continue working for an organization if the organization doesn't have any interest in them. How can a manager operate if they are not spending time developing their, their employees? They're, they're people. Everyone wants to, you know, grow. They, they want to, uh, you know, improve their knowledge on their understandings. So why not we create a, what I call a fail-safe environment for these people to be able to be curious, learn, give them the tools that they need to um, explore with. For example, one of the things that I did for my teams is I enabled them with learning platforms, with sandboxes that they can go explore, um, you know, enable them with time um, out, of, um, um, out of their day to, in order to do spend on learning you know, uh, spin up um, uh, challenges around um, um, exploring new, whether, you know, process or tools or systems to be curious. That, that's, that's very important for innovation in a team. Now, um, you know, um, there, is a, there is a question that always, what is the strategy? And the strategy is, one of the things that the strategy is strategy is is managing accomplishments or or goals with you know limited options that are available to us. One of them is, well, of course, the budget and so forth goes in the organization. Uh, but the way I look at it is why my organization is divided by their function. Like I have cloud engineering, I have um, App ops, I have cloud security, I have data. Um, why is divided in that model? Uh, not because it is a good model to operate things in silos, but uh, what is the way in order for me to use my people's skills and be able to apply them to the organization without dedicating people to one project and they never come out of it and or they may they may get bored in it, but also building that broad knowledge within the team in order to be able to support multiple products or be able to go across multiple, um, what I call the uh, um, verticals in, in the skills. So, you know, you heard about the agile teams, T, uh, TS, uh, T model and the uh, optimal um the optimal shape for that is M model, where it means that a person has 
expertise in, in multiple areas. So um, one of the things that we started working on was that reaching toward that M shape that uh, the team can go across them. Therefore, what we did in the cloud operations was creating an organization that works as a service to the rest of the organization, works as a consultant, as a partner with the rest of the with the rest of the organization, and they embed with each other in order to deliver something. Now, one of the things that we needed was if you you know step back and look at organizations is is innovation and development and engineering and building new things is one priority and taking care of production is another priority. So how would you balance between these two? When a fire happens in production, who's gonna pick up the pager? It's gonna be the same team that is doing innovation. So I need to take that responsibility off that team in order for them to be able to still focus on innovation and delivery. For that reason, we built AppOps team to be able to help them. But um, what does AppOps do? AppOps, AppOps you know, I, one of the theories that I had was, uh, you know, I came from a world of, you know, not teams existed and so forth, but I believe that with the current technology available to us, with the current tools and practices available to us, we can turn our, uh, you know, we can we can take advantage of artificial intelligence, automation, practices, modern systems in order to run a more smooth production and incident response. So therefore, AppOps team was formed in order to focus on, on that area and ensure that our customers get a good service and the service has been taken care of. And cloud engineering focuses on building and developing with the rest of the uh, with the rest of the engineering now if you look at it the skill set of these are very similar to each other appop is, is is very similar to a site reliability engineering but their focus is somewhere else they they deal with the same software they still provide input into software building they provide input into performance and all that but their focus is to watch the production what do you see in production that while you're watching it, these guys are building or improving and doing something else. So we needed to create that balance. And AppOps was that balance. Then obviously you have cloud security and the data operations and so forth. The same story goes with it. Um, machine learning operations, all of that. Uh, you know, that, that was one of the reasons that when I look at an organization, I look at them as... Um, what 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 is a function? What is what are what is their purpose? What is their charter? So, building that charter and understanding that, what are we trying to accomplish with this team? What are they trying to do? What is their purpose? So let 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 them have that purpose, what the business need, and empower them to do that. That drives great culture in organizations. I think it has to drive a good culture because people are feeling productive and they're feeling valued and they're feeling capable is what I imagine comes from that is you're leaning in on people's strengths and then not letting them get overly distracted. I think that's a common byproduct of the type of environment that you're in cloud DevOps production versus 
maintenance. I mean, there's so much going on, but I love that you're saying, Hey, you're owning this and I'm going to pull the distractions. Well, what, what one person's distractions would be are another person's responsibilities. So they're not really distractions, but they could be distracting one or the other. So I just love that you're segmenting it in a way that people can actually thrive. And it's kind of like quality over quantity, right? Like you're sure. going in one thing that you're great at versus trying to do three things and kind of less, less quality overall. So can you also touch on, um, I don't know if there's a philosophy behind this or, you know, I, I just, I know that um, one of the leaders that, that you work with a lot over at MyTech came from the same company as you over at Emotion. Can you kind of touch on Steve Ritter's philosophy and if you think maybe that plays into the organization or just looking at MyTech as a whole? The, the leadership at um, MyTech is a, you know, today my tech leadership is very different than what it was four years ago when I joined my tech. It's, it's an inclusive understanding, understanding the culture, understanding the why, not only asking for a what, understanding the why, and strategic and caring and learning. And by learning, I mean, uh, you know, learning means learning, listening, what is going on in their organization and be able to apply that to deliver, to care about people. Everything starts from people. People are not happy. The organization won't do anything. So, the, the MyTech leadership today is a leadership that actually cares about all of us. We care about our people working from home. We care about our people in the office. We care about how our people feel when working remotely. We, um, we care about what is our strategy, what we need to do, and so forth. And developing all of that is all inclusive. So it's a the leadership from overall, if I want to step back and summarize all of that, is a leadership that is caring, learning, and developing or delivering. These are the these are the three traits of our leadership at MyTech um, from the executive level. Um, every leader at MyTech uses the same principles for leading their teams. Um, I hope that answers your question. It does. And actually, I love hearing the way that you describe it because I keep forgetting to say that the international piece of my tech, you know, it doesn't go unnoticed, but I, I can imagine some of that bleeds into their world or, you know, all those things have to be taken into consideration as well. It's, it's not just a local San Diego firm. That's correct. You know, we are, we are spread across uh, uh, U.S. and Europe. Um, um, and it is, if you look at it, there's minimum nine hours difference between San Diego and Central European time. It's minimum nine hours. So the overlap that we get to talk to each other is very minimal, and we need to take advantage of that. But how do you develop a culture of an organization that can work globally with time zone difference with cultural differences and so forth. That's that's a 
that's a difference that exists at MyTech as an organization. Um, to all work as a unit, to all work, uh, you know, um, as one. The number one question uh, engineers are asking right now because of the timeliness is the uh, remote versus uh, in-person um, work. So how are you guys uh, handling that um, situation? Well, at this point, we, you know, we, um, uh, we are, um, you know, we are mostly at this point, we are a virtual first organization. And in order to be a virtual first organization uh, in general is, well, how would you address communication, knowledge transfer, collaboration? And uh, I'm gonna step back and look at it in general, not from the lens of my take, but in general from the lens of any leader that wants to have a successful organization working remotely. Today, there's a lot of examples of organizations that are working remotely and uh, they have virtual presence and they are successful. Um, The first thing about the, you know, virtual first or virtual only or remote only organization is, again, it comes back to people and culture. You know, one, People are empowered to create their own work environment in the comfort of their home. One, in my opinion, um, organization needs to enable them to do that. That's very important. By enabling means a lot of things. Could be provide assistance, provide equipments, and so forth. The other one is that there should be practices around how to operate remotely. That could be from you know, uh, communication remotely because one of the challenges with uh, working remotely is, um, is uh, the fear of losing or not being informed about information, creating that transparency across, across organization and within an organization is very important. How does a leader does that? There are many ways of doing it. Some started blogging, some started sending email, some started holding open meetings. Some started uh, using more uh, modern ways of doing it and adopting more streaming and social media style uh, um, uh, broadcasting information to their teams, creating collaboration, creating um, events that uh, people can collaborate or um, just hang out with each other and get to know each other, you know, um, especially, you know, I used to travel every quarter to Europe. Today, um, I haven't traveled. I haven't seen my team in Europe for more than a year. How do I keep in touch with them? And uh, how do I make sure that they keep in touch with each other? It's just not only about me. It's about the team. Um, I'm just a leader here. Not a boss, a leader. A leader pulls a weight with the rest of the team. And um, how um, how do I do that? And there's a lot of things we, we need to think about as, as leaders to make sure that that our, our people are feel comfortable, comfortable at their uh, you know working from home. Everyone has challenges, kids, 
uh, environment at home or you know taking care of partners or family or what have you we need to all be understanding to allow a culture an environment that people feel safe working remote that's a number one problem to solve after that whether using what tools to use or you know what have you it's becomes after build the culture to do that build a culture that understands that's how our organization operates then build the infrastructure and systems to support that. Is there anything else about my tech systems that you'd like to share that we haven't um, asked or discussed? Anything about my tech systems? Um, I want to give a shout out to our agile team because I talked about, um, you know, I use the word culture a lot and um, as the organization grows, goes across um, multiple, um, you know, countries and different languages with different cultures, uh, without our agile team, we couldn't really achieve a lot of the cultural things that exist within our organization, from our hackathons or uh, to our um, organizational uh, planning and so forth. Um, it's it's definitely having a strong leadership in Agile really helps the organization grow from the culture perspective and help nurture that through the culture of Agile or through the Agile methodologies. Um, that's one of the things that um, I wanted to bring up that, you know, yeah, culture is important, but one of the enablers of that is agile organizations. Awesome. Uh, I think that is all I got. Do you have anything else, Kelly? Nope. I mean, I love partnering with MyTech. I know it's it's always an exciting technology. You guys are always up to something new and it's exciting to be a part of it. So th thanks for joining us, Hudson. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Hudson. Today's episode is brought to you by Proven Recruiting. As an agency, Proven has helped thousands of technology professionals find new opportunities at exciting companies across the United States. They focus on the quality over quantity approach in terms of building lasting relationships with both their candidates and clients. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe for more insights where we bring job posts to life.